0: Welcome to the third of these podcasts from the City of London Churches for the Our City Together campaign. My name is Laura Jurgensen and I'm the Rector of St Botolph without Oldgate. The City of London Churches are always worth exploring for their magnificent architecture. We're going to hear now from Laura Lye, the administrator of St Andrew by the Wardrobe Church, who's going to tell us about the origins of their curious name, the changes and challenges the church building has been through, and its
1: work today. Hello I'm Laura Lye, the parish administrator at St Andrew by the Wardrobe, a city church near St Paul's Cathedral. Records first mention the church around 1244 although it was almost certainly founded much earlier. We get a lot of people asking about our name which dates back to 1361 and refers to Edward III's Royal Wardrobe. It was located nearby and house the king's ceremonial robes, weapons, and clothing, and other personal items. The royal wardrobe has long gone, but the rather curious name stays with us, like a number of city churches. we have a history dating back to the thirteenth century or beyond, and yet our architecture is a blend of seventeenth and twentieth century, being a casualty of both the great fire of London in sixteen sixty six and the Blitz in 1940. But St Andrew's is a survivor. We were the last church to be rebuilt by Sir Christopher Wren between 1685 and 1693, and the last church to be rebuilt after the war in 1961. The church was almost completely gutted during the Blitz, leaving only the tower and walls standing as evidence to Sir Christopher Wren. However, It has been meticulously reconstructed internally to the design of Marshall Sisson with an extensive oak panelling and furnishings. And the intricate decorated plaster tunnel vaulted ceiling over the nave is a copy of Wren's original design. Of course, what was lost during the Blitz is irreplaceable, but the rebuilding did give an opportunity to create space that wasn't otherwise there. So we're not a classic Wren Church only fit for worship services. We have a servery and a parish room inside the church building, which function as an internal church hall. Before the Blitz, city churches didn't have church halls. We rent this space out to regular and ad hoc users, running things like 12-step and keep fit groups. Our modern tower room, is an office that has been used by various charities who have since moved on into larger premises. We also have St Anne's Chapel, which, when we're not in lockdown, is open to the public every day. It's named after St Anne Blackfriars, a nearby church destroyed in the Great Fire, but sadly not rebuilt. It's a place for prayer and contemplation and gives people a space to come and and take time out from their hectic day. And these are some of the ways that St Andrew by the Wardrobe supports the local community and contributes to looking after people's health and well-being. But the health of the church building is also important. When I came to St Andrew by the Wardrobe around 18 months ago, I'd never worked in a church before. So to me, QI was a quiz hosted by Stephen Fry or Sandy Toxvig, But in fact... It's a quinquennial inspection. So every five years, all church buildings must be inspected by an architect or a surveyor to make sure that they are in good repair. And in fact, Ivor Bulmer Thomas, who served as church warden for several decades at St Andrews, initiated this practice through the General Synod. We are lucky to have as our rector the Venerable Luke Miller, Archdeacon of London, During the lockdown, when it has been permitted, Father Luke has been live streaming services both from the rectory and from the church. And in common with other churches, we are finding new ways to continue our work and as a consequence, we are reaching whole new groups of people. Having a rector who wears two hats means St Andrew by the Wardrobe has a hidden ministry as it supports the work of the Archdeacon of London in things as varied as resilience, the Sea Cadets and churches across the city and Westminster. In September, we are starting a programme of lectures called Advanced Sunday School. Our first talk will be on the 28th of September by Luke Hughes, a custom furniture designer. We are delighted to welcome him to St Andrew by the Wardrobe to talk to us about 17th century ecclesiastical joinery. We do hope that by then, people will be able to come in person. But if not, I think we're all getting used to Zoom these days. If you'd like to find out more about us, please come and visit our website at standrewbythewardrobe.org.
0: If you've been round Oldgate in the last few years, you'll have seen the transformation of the area With the removal of the old gyratory system, replaced by a flourishing new public square and churchyard gardens for my own church, St Botolph's. Before lockdown, what I loved most about the new square was watching, through the day, the different people who were drawn to it. Construction workers mid-morning, office workers at lunchtime, and after school, children from the Sir John Cass Foundation Primary School running around and playing in the fountains. I was just so overjoyed to have a public space in the city that felt so welcoming to children. So much so that it takes quite some cajoling for me to get my own children to leave it to go home. Once the children go, the space turns into a busy thoroughfare again of people returning home. As lockdown eases and people return to work, Outdoor space is going to be so important as people look to leaving their offices during lunchtimes. As the church buildings are currently closed, we're going to be exploring the outdoor space around the city churches, their churchyards and other open spaces of the city, with Catherine Hederley from All Hallows by the Tower and Nick Mottershed from St Catherine Cree. So I'm Catherine Hederley, I'm Vicar at All Hallows by the Tower here in the City of
2: London. And um, it's coming towards the end of May, and um, we wanted to explore a little bit about the gardens of the city churches and how important they are for our well-being for those who come to work in the city and those who live here and visit. Uh, Obviously, it's incredibly quiet at the moment because of the virus and all the effects of that. But over the next few weeks and uh, months ahead, people will be coming back to the city, and we wanted to explore how important those gardens are for our well-being. I'm here with Nick Mottishead, a priest at St. Olaf Hart Street Church, and they have a beautiful garden. And uh, Nick, do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yes, we are very blessed. And uh, we have a garden that goes back many, many years with uh, a labyrinth that has been recently installed and a history of herbs that have been defining over the years. And so this has turned into a beautiful space where many people in their lunchtimes currently just come and sit and just find a piece that's come over them that has been there for many years. The Labyrinth, uh, many of you may know, um, have seen in other places. This can also provide an opportunity to just take a little time, meander, wander around it. And just, just reflect on on being away from work for a few minutes in your lunchtimes. So I'd encourage this particularly at St. Olave's as well as in our other churches.
2: Thanks, Nick. There's, uh, there's also a labyrinth at the very small garden, Fen Court Garden. That was put there by the Spirituality Centre, based at St. Edmund King and Martyr on Lombard Street. But the labyrinth oh, yeah. is in Fen Court, and... Um, it's it's lovely to see people using that. There's a sort of a, a, a very ancient uh, um, uh, prayer opportunity for for mm. all faiths and none. That sort yep. of sense of if you follow the path round towards the centre, you maybe let go of the things that are troubling you. Take some time at the centre yeah. to be still and to breathe. To breathe in the goodness around us. Notice life, nature, the birds, plants. And uh, then as you walk out, taking that same route out again, uh, picking up the things that are important to you, but maybe Mm -hmm. having left some of the worries at the centre. And I think whether you have a faith or not, that's a lovely exercise, spiritual exercise to do here in the heart of the city.
3: And I think, as you say, faith or otherwise, I think this opportunity to get out of our offices as as a city worker myself, as well as a priest, being able to put my pen down lunchtime and just get into these green spaces to forget about the pressures of work, to forget about what is perhaps at times troubling me, particularly after what's going on, to wander around these spaces. And I think for many of us, we've had the joys of working in our own gardens or green spaces during this period of lock time and lockdown, and I think this creates perhaps a time for transition and to enable that transition back into the city to enjoy those green spaces that we have had whilst we've been working during this period.
2: I think um, as as people come back to um, the offices there will be certain you know changes in the way the space is used in our offices you know maybe Mm. small kitchens that we might have used in the past won't be available so we will be um, in our breaks outside a little bit more and so maybe that's a chance to explore some of these gardens around yeah. the city which are so beautifully kept by the corporation um yeah. the church gardens although they are you know they do belong to the churches they're maintained for the most part by the corporation really beautifully some wonderful planting just a couple yeah. of the gardens you might like to explore we've mentioned st Olave mm-hmm. heart street and fencourt there's also the fantastic gem of a garden st dunstan in the east Mm. Um, And that church was originally built around 1100, uh, and um, it uh, was uh, damaged by the um, Great Fire of London in 1666, was patched up afterwards, uh, but then was severely damaged in the Blitz of 1941. Uh, The tower and the steeple survived, Wren's Tower, um, but it wasn't rebuilt. And so it was turned into a public garden in the 1960s by the corporation. Um, and opened um, in 1970, I think it was, mm. and then it was renewed um, later on about 2015, and it is really really beautiful. I yeah, if people want to go and take their wedding photographs there But that's a fantastic garden to explore. And then there's also Christchurch Greyfriars garden it's Oh, yeah. on the site of the Franciscan Church of Greyfriars quite near St. Paul's um, And uh, that Franciscan, Franciscan Church was established in 1225 Um, There was a new church there designed by Wren in 1704 and again that was one of the churches um, bombed during the Second World War Uh, and um, sadly it wasn't um, restored but in its place is this fantastic garden, a beautiful rose garden, there are climates there and again that's another uh, very central beautiful garden to to find find peace and um, place in here in the city. Yeah, Uh, And And then also, just one other, St. Bothoff without Bishopsgate, really popular garden, very near Liverpool Street Station. And it's um, it's also got a tennis court and a netball court, so once we're able to do those things again, it's a chance for exercise as well. Uh, St. Bothoff was a patron saint of travellers, and the church was just outside the Middle Ages, um, outside the city walls near um, Bishopsgate. It did escape the Great Fire of London, um, uh, it's, it's, um, was um, A new church was designed and built in 1725, uh, but it's stood ever since um, that time, suffered little damage during the Second World War. But it is a really um, beautiful yeah. space to sort of walk through as well. So another lovely um, green oasis in the heart of the city.
3: And I think for, you know, for some of our larger offices that have have some internal spaces and we have some wonderful uh, one or two of the roof gardens that have come on. I, I think there are those though, in, in our smaller offices of which there are many in the square mile that I would just recommend also please come out where they come and find the spaces which you perhaps haven't got in your in your smaller offices and and spend regular time in in these spaces just even working there. To, to, yeah. to have a rest from the office, as well as just a break from the office. Yeah. You know, As I say, this, this, this transition time, I think for many will be hugely challenging. We've coming from being in our workplace with just with our family at home, and working into a workplace with colleagues. And for some, that's going to be more challenging. And I think we should see this as a time to take it step by step. And i think these gardens will be part of that process to to assist us
2: yes and i think there's so many people are working from home now but just to say you know for those of us who do live in the city these gardens are waiting for you coming back they're looking absolutely yep. beautiful beautifully uh, tended and it will be a real delight i think for people coming back and enjoying them over the next few weeks
3: yeah no Nick, very much
2: thanks, so. thanks so much i think that that's um it's really helpful just to highlight that as a spiritual beautiful place uh, for people to visit here in the heart of the city and of course all the churches soon we hope the doors will be open and you'll be able to come in for prayer but until that time obviously the gardens are there and the churchyards so we look forward to welcoming you.
3: Indeed, welcome to all, always. Thanks Nick. Thank you Catherine.
0: We're going to hear now from Catherine Rumens, vicar of St Giles Cripplegate, who's reflecting on lockdown life in the Barbican.
4: The medieval church is now surrounded by the Barbican residential estate and overlooked by the arts centre. We have many neighbours. I'm sitting in the rectory in my study and the desk faces the east window of the church. Between the rectory and the church, there's quite a thoroughfare of people And over the past weeks, there have been more pedestrians than usual. A lot of people doing healthy walks, their daily regime. Also, today, for the first time, parents were bringing their children to the little nursery school, which is in the former church hall, and that was a sign of great encouragement. Voices, children's voices, back where they belong. I saw a couple I know. They got married at St Giles and I went out to greet them. It's the first time that they have been out since two weeks before the lockdown because Annette needs special medical treatment. So she has been in lockdown for a long time and they came out to enjoy the sunshine. We look out over the lake and the centre is shut and that is so strange. No voices, no people in the sunshine on the terrace. But we have got construction workers back. Things are coming back into life. Over Zoom coffee on a Sunday morning, we can't decide if it's still very quiet or if it's really getting very busy now. The girls' school, the neighbours have been peering in and telling me that some of the young women will be back at school there. And the livery company hall, the barbers. I should go there later today because it's open for giving blood. And I shall greet the, the, the beadle and the assistant beadle. Oh yes, our neighbours are here. I keep in touch with them, electronically of course, remote friendships, remote colleagues, finding out about how people are, are working at home and what's it like. And as I said, we occupy these different worlds. They come together at St. Giles, the parishioners, those who've lived here a long time, those who are more recently arrived. The schools, the girls' school, the nursery school, and our Church of England Primary School, and also then the Arts Centre. Those they are feeling very battered, those in the arts. And we meet for coffee, for Zoom coffee after the service on a Sunday morning. And our lawyers and our finance people, our accountants, have been working very long hours. But meanwhile, those in the arts are anxious about the future, our musicians finding other ways of earning their living, other resources that they have. So it seems to me that some of our congregation are overworked and exhausted and others are having to learn through economic necessity, having to learn their versatility and creativity. I've been into church, I go into church every morning to say prayers, and we have the lighting contractors back in completing the project. It's, there's an irony that it will be commissioned just before the summer solstice whereas it is at the winter solstice we will see this new lighting system in all its glory. We film the Eucharist in church and again referring back to our zoom coffee yesterday people said how good it was to be back in church because before that i've been doing it from my dining room here in the rectory how good to be back in our church and yet people are not back in the church physically but they had a great sense of returning so it's an interesting time to reflect upon how we are the sun is shining the weather is wonderful I have the blessing of a garden. Many of us around here have the blessing of open spaces. And we see that the the spring has moved into summer and as lockdown is lifted, people are beginning to emerge from their own hibernation. When now we shall be open for private prayer and I've just met one of our, our lunchtime people who comes in for quiet reflection and that is such an important ministry here, being a space for reflection. There can't be much reflection at the moment with the, with the lighting contractors there but we're beginning to open the space again for reflection for comfort for the lighting of a candle so the church community inside outside the walls in their own homes encountering each other so much more now through zoom we have learnt about each other we've listened to each other's stories and we
0: look forward to being together in the future. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Although our ch- buildings are shut, the churches are still praying, working for the community, and looking forward to welcoming people back into the city as restrictions ease.